Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's Give the Small Talk. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 45 of Let's Give the Small Talk. That's right, episode 45. Today is going to be a very special episode. This episode was inspired by Coach from a conversation we had at work. Thank you, Coach, for sparking the flame. This episode is titled, The Evil Origins of African-American Stereotypes. We're going to dive deep into the dark waters and find out where the hell did these stereotypes come from? Who's the mastermind behind the slander of Fried chicken, watermelon, colored people's time, Uncle Tom, being a gangster or a thug, or Sambu the coon, being lazy, docile, or loud and angry, or my favorite, wow, you speak well. You know, I have to be honest with you, while creating this episode, it made me wonder, Do they despise us that much to the point they are infatuated with us? Because the time and energy put into the propaganda and orchestrating these narratives say a lot about you, not me. Like I said, we're going to dive deep to search for where these stereotypes stem from. But before we do so, let's talk about the podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, then by all means, please do so. All you have to simply do is text this episode link to one person in your phone. Just one. Send them the link. And I deeply appreciate it. It will go a long way. You guys have been doing it. Please continue doing so. Thank you in advance. All right. Let's jump into our first segment. Score. Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. Goal seekers, it's finished strong Friday. You know what that means. I'm going to say it again. It's finished strong Friday. So whatever you have remaining on your checklist, make sure you complete it before beginning your weekend. Because we start to finish. We don't start to stop. Okay? We start to finish. We do not start to stop. All right? Let's get it. Finish strong Friday. With that being said, let's jump into our main discussion. Once again, this episode is titled... The Evil Origins of African-American Stereotypes. There is so much to say, but let's start here. Let's start with watermelon and fried chicken. Okay, 
So from reading various different articles and viewing different resources, what I gathered about why these stereotypes begin. Well, you know what? Let me stop myself. I would like for you to take a guess. I'll give you a few seconds. How do you think these stereotypes begin? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer cut and dry. Yes, African-Americans grew, ate, and sold watermelons just like other races did and still do. And yes, they fried their chicken sometimes just like other races did and still do. But here's the kicker. When African-Americans ate these things, it is suddenly deemed a problem. Because, and I quote, it's a food you eat with your hands and therefore it's dirty. Table manners are a way of determining who is worthy of respect or not. <laughs> ah, can you believe that? When everyone else eats it, it's not a problem. It's perfectly fine. Now, all of a sudden, when my community does, it's dirty? Really? Seriously? Man, I tell you. Funny, funny. Actually, you know what? It's not funny. It's, it's quite sad because, because of the hypocrisy behind it. Straight hypocrites, man. Now, here's the thing. People can feel however they want to feel about someone else. You can't control how someone feels. You can't put laws in place to try to make people like each other, even though they try. You know, it may stop someone from being prejudiced or racist at the job, but that's only because they want to keep their job. It doesn't mean that they like you. It means that they tolerate you. And that's a big difference. See, everyone has their own experiences or lack thereof that makes them view others the way they do. I want to say that one more time. Everyone has their own experiences or lack thereof that makes them view others the way they do. That's the truth of the matter. What I would like to discuss now is how narratives are spread to the masses. Propaganda, I should say. I want to tell you about a movie that played a major factor in creating and spreading the many stereotypes about African Americans today. The movie is titled Birth of a Nation. And no, I'm not talking about the Nate Parker movie about the Nat Turner Rebellion that came out a few years ago. I am talking about a silent film created by D.W. Griffith that came out in the year of 1915. It was the first movie shown in the White House. On February 18th, 1915, which was attended by President Woodrow Wilson, members of his family and members of his cabinet. 
the film was three hours long. Its plot was part fiction and part history. Once again, remember that word from last episode, guys? History. His story. Well, it chronicled the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and the relationship of two families in the Civil War and Reconstruction eras over the course of several years. One family that was pro-Union, the Stonemans, and another family that was pro-Confederacy, the Camerons. Now, that sounds all good and dandy, right? Well, here's where things take a turn to the left. The film portrayed African Americans, many of them who were played by Caucasian actors in blackface. Like, seriously, guys, the only time there were African Americans in a movie is in a scene that was in the courthouse and there was extras way in the back. So everything you've seen in this movie as quote unquote black, it was Caucasian people with black face. Hence the reason why we hate blackface. And I'm going to tell you a little bit why more about that in just a second. But let's keep talking about this movie. So in the movie, there were Caucasian people wearing blackface and they were acting unintelligent throughout the movie. And they were sexually aggressive towards white women throughout the movie. And not to mention, the film presents the Ku Klux Klan as a heroic force necessary to preserve American values and a white supremacist social order. In one scene, the Caucasian people, covered in blackface, they were portrayed as if they were in a minstrel show. Now, before I tell you the rest about the scene, I want to talk to you about what a minstrel show is, okay? Just for the ones who don't know and for the ones who do, just a a little reminder about propaganda. So, a minstrel show was, even though blackface still happens today, it was an American form of racist entertainment developed in the early 19th century. Each show consisted of comic skits, variety acts, dancing, music performances that depicted people, especially of African descent. Now, here's the thing. The shows were performed by mostly Caucasian people in makeup or blackface for the purpose of playing the role of African-American people, black people. I want to say that again. They had this show. It's called a minstrel show where it's Caucasian people who put on blackface and pretended and portrayed to be African-American or black people. And here's what they did throughout the show. They acted dim-witted, lazy, buffoonish, superstitious, and happy-go-lucky. So, you wonder why blackface is offensive. Well, look at the origin of it. Come on, guys. That's what that's what I'm asking you. Are you infatuated with us? Like, seriously. Are you infatuated with us? Because you go out of your way, mightily out of your way, to 
depict us in so many different ways, so many different negative ways. I don't understand it because here's the thing, right? You don't like us, but yet you like what we do. You like our music. You like our food. You like the way we entertain you. You like our style. You know, cultural appropriation is a real thing. So don't act like it's not. You like what we do, but you don't like us. And it's this weird infatuation of where you want to be us, but you don't like us. You want to partake in our blues music, our jazz music, but yet you don't like the people who sing in it. You just like the way it sounds. It's like you're trying to separate the act from the person. I don't get it. Like, seriously, I want you guys to think about that infatuation. You despise us, yet you just can't seem to stay away from us. Huh. Wow. All right, let's go back to that scene in the movie. So, like I said, it was menstrual uh, people, you know, Caucasian people with blackface on. So, they were in a legislation house, right? They were drinking whiskey. They were sitting barefoot. They was gouging on meat. And like I said, they was in a legislation house. And on the bottom of the screen, the words passed by, and this is in the film. It said, the helpless white minority. And what they were trying to depict is what African-Americans would be like if you ever voted for them for a position in politics. More propaganda. And in another scene, there's a Caucasian actor who's wearing blackface. He's chasing a Caucasian woman. And because she doesn't want to have anything to do with his advances, she jumps off a cliff. She kills herself so she won't be raped by him. And that was spreading the message of rape throughout the South and how African-American men just can't stay away from Caucasian women. More propaganda. And of course, there was watermelon eating in the movie. (sighs) The birth of a nation, as you can imagine, to no surprise, was a huge success. And it profoundly influenced both the film industry and American culture. The film has been acknowledged as an inspiration for the rebirth. Listen to me closely. The film has been acknowledged as an inspiration for the rebirth of the Ku Klux Klan, which took place only a few months after its release. If you don't believe me, take a look into the history of the Ku Klux Klan yourself. And look how it dropped off for a period of time. And after this movie that showed them being the saviors and the heroes, to some surprise, it picked right back up a few months after the movie was released. 
The movie, needless to say, had a huge impact. Many people believe the depictions of the African-Americans in the movie. And without a doubt, those stereotypes were passed down in many homes because if they weren't, they still wouldn't be prevalent today. In the conversation Coach and I had, it concluded with us realizing that the only way to understand something or someone is to experience it or them. So for people who have never had any African-American friends or none live in their neighborhoods, then the truth of the matter is majority of what they know about African-Americans will come from what their parents, friends, or media tells them. The lack of experience breeds ignorance, and that goes for everyone. When you don't have experience in something, you are ignorant to it. That's just a matter of fact. In conclusion, stereotypes have plagued our society in general for many different races, from Disney movies, which sometimes I can't stand, just to be quite honest with you, you know, if you really pay attention to what they're saying or what they're doing, it's really disgusting, to be honest. To daytime television, look at The Maury Show. He is the father. He isn't the father. Ugh. And to music, okay? Everybody has something to say about something they know nothing about. My advice to you is to don't take anything personally. If they don't want to take the time to get to know you, then you know what? That's their loss, not yours. And with that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know, each and every episode, I recommend something for you to read, something for you to watch, and something for you to do. Why? Because you deserve a piece of your own pie. It's 24 hours in a day. Can you not have a few minutes to yourself? Can you not do something of leisure for yourself? Can you not treat yourself? Because it's important. Because if you don't, you're going to run yourself dry. Or you're going to run yourself empty. And you know the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. Okay? All right. Now for something to read. I want you to read The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. Who remembers that name? Carter G. Woodson. If you listened to last episode, Carter G. Woodson is known as the father of black history. If you haven't checked that episode out yet, please do. It is literally episode 44. All right. So, The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. I and Alicia actually started reading this book. Dr. Woodson is discussing how African-Americans of his day were being culturally indoctrinated rather than taught in American schools. So this conditioning, he claims, causes African-American people to become dependent and to seek out inferior places in the greatest society of which they are a part. So he challenges his readers to become autodidacts, which is 
to do for themselves, you know, be self-taught, regardless of what they were taught. And that's something I learned, actually, as I got older. There's a lot of things that we were not taught, and you learn on your own, whether through research or through experience. So, yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge uh, promoter of do your own research, okay? Because there's propaganda out there, if you haven't heard throughout this episode. All right. Once again, you guys check it out. The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. All right. Now for something to watch. I want you to watch the movie Malcolm X by Spike Lee. That's right. That movie is very long. It's very long, but it's good. And it stars Denzel Washington, the greatest actor of all time. Malcolm X. You know, obviously, you know what the movie's about, the life of Malcolm X. But here's one of the scenes that always stood out to me. Here's another reason why I don't refer to myself as black. One, because my mama told me not to. Like she said, when you look down at the back of your hand, what do you see? Well, I see brown, not black. The second reason this always stood out to me when I watched the movie Malcolm X Denzel Washington is in jail. I'm sorry. I should say Malcolm X was in jail. And one of the other, you know, jail members were teaching him how to read. And as you know, Malcolm X learned how to become so affluent and such a good orator through reading the dictionary from A to Z. So he told Malcolm to look up the word black. And when you do, there's all sorts of different definitions. If you don't mind, I'll be happy to read some to you so you can hear for yourself. Black. Marked by the occurrence of disaster. Very sad, gloomy. The absence of light. Distorted or darkened by anger, grim, and many others. So, yeah, I'm none of those things. And I truly believe that words have power because they do, because I've experienced that in my reality. And I don't want to be called something or I don't even want to refer to myself as something that I am not. My complexion's not black. And based off that definition, I'm not those things either. Okay. And the polarizing part is next. He said, okay, well, now go read the definition of white. And as you know, pure, innocent, bright, and a whole bunch of other good words. <laughs> Guys, propaganda, I tell you. Mm, 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 mm. You know, if they keep telling you something, you end up believing it to be true. All right, now for something to do. You know what? Here's what I want you to do. This Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. I want you to enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. If Whether you like football or not, whether you just love the food and the friends and the commercials, or if you do love the game, enjoy it. I know I will be with my family, and you know me. I will be screaming out, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, 
seven rings. As you know, you know who I'm rooting for. So guys, treat yourself. All right. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to help this podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please share this episode link with one person in your phone. Just one. It'll go a long way. Thank you in advance. Before you leave, I want to leave you with this quote. The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. Thank you.